I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Sit, boo-boo, sit, boo-boo, sit. Grr, good dog. That's some bad hat hair. It's a cool dog. Not a doctor. Bye, have a beautiful from your life. Hello and welcome to Hunting Seasons, the podcast for dares to binge watch, deep dive and break down a season of television each and every episode. I'm Broderick Gordis. I'm Damas Cleary. And today we'll be discussing Obi-Wan Kenobi, season one. Damask, mm-hmm. how are you doing this evening? I'm good. Um, you know, final week of school before the holidays. Excited mm-hmm. about that. I'm going on a little trip to Bali with Angela and some friends. So, you know, just biding my time. How are mm-hmm. you, Brad? I'm tired. As I was saying to you just before we started recording, I'm in a funny mood. This podcast could go absolutely freaking anywhere. <laughs> I'm feeling very silly at the moment. Uh, I did want to mention before we get to uh, our review of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Uh, firstly, yes, you're going on break. That's good mm-hmm. to know. So there won't be a regular episode the next couple of weeks because of that. We can't seem to find continuity at all this season, <laughs> this year. Um, but I'll plan to do an off-topic, hot topic probably with Paul um, and maybe another guest. Um, but then after that, we'll have a I'll get back to a review episode. Also wanted to mention that speaking of Paul Mitzi of the Swapcast podcast, I was on the Swapcast podcast once again. I've been on a lot recently, actually. And um, Paul wasn't on because he had COVID, the poor boy, and lost his voice. And Lucy wasn't on either. So it was Brendan and myself reviewing a British TV swap swap TV show, a British body swap TV show called Boy Meets Girl um, that stars, uh, what's the guy who played Bilbo? Martin Freeman. Um, And it was not good. And we had a fun time ripping that apart. So, Excellent. you can check that out on the Swapcast podcast feed at the moment. In the meantime, let's get to our spoiler-free review of Obi-Wan Kenobi Season 1. Let me clue you in. Season in review. Obi-Wan Kenobi is a sci-fi fantasy series and the latest Star Wars live-action TV show created for Disney+. Set 10 years after the events of Star Wars Episode 3, Revenge of the Sith, the series follows Kenobi as he sets out on a secret mission leading to a confrontation with his former apprentice, Darth Vader. Showrun by Joby Harold and directed by Deborah Chow, the series was promoted as a huge event when Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen were announced to be reprising their roles as Obi-Wan Kenobi and Anakin Skywalker from the Star Wars prequel trilogy. McGregor and Christensen were also joined by returning cast members Joel Edgerton, Bonnie P.S., Jimmy Smits and James L. Jones, as well as new faces to the franchise Moses Ingram, Vivian Lyra Blair, Rupert Friend, Sun Kang, Indira Varma, Kamal Nanjiani, Zach Braff, and Flea. Obi-Wan Kenobi Season 1 consists of six episodes, each coming in at around 46 minutes and took us approximately four hours and 40 minutes to watch. Although originally promoted as a one-off limited series, there is a lot of talk that a Season 2 is not off the table. Damask, 
We've talked about Star Wars plenty on this show already. We've we been reviewed both seasons of The Mandalorian so far. We've reviewed The Book of Boba Fett earlier this year already. Mm-hmm. Rather than talking about our general feelings on Star Wars and the Star mm. Wars television series, I wanted to ask you what your sort of feelings are on Ewan McGregor's Obi-Wan Kenobi and sort of him as that character through the prequel trilogy. Oh, what a great question. Um, well, I love Ewan McGregor. I think he's just a very naturally warm and engaging actor um, in any role he's in. Um, so I really, really like him. In terms of his Obi-Wan, it's hard because I've got such a a tough relationship with those prequels. Um, I think he's certainly the best part of them. <laughs> so I, I was happy to have him return perhaps in a story – that I would find more engaging. Um, so that that for me was the selling point. Um, but I didn't have high hopes, but I was certainly interested. Sure. Uh, similar thoughts. Not a fan of the prequel trilogy. Kind of liked them more when I was a kid, especially mm. episode one. Um, I mean, pod come- racing. Yeah, As pod racing. As a kid, you're like, cool. that's cool. Even on the extended VHS version, there was even more scenes of pod racing. It was great. Even played the 64 game, owned the 64 game. Oh, um, I remember playing it in the arcade in the actual little pod oh, racer, and that was, was cool. sick. Yeah, that was cool. As Star Wars can be cool. Let's not of pretend course. for a second. It, it can be cool. Um, in terms of Obi-Wan's, of Ewan McGregor's Obi-Wan, uh, yeah, I agree. In, in some ways, he was the best part of the prequels. However, that did not mean it was necessarily a good part of the prequels, if that makes sense. But I thought Ewan McGregor, always thought Ewan McGregor was great casting. Mm. And he seemed very wasted in the prequels because of that. In a lot of ways, Obi-Wan isn't necessarily a, a character, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like, the performance is charming from Ewan McGregor, but he's not really much of a... He's a pretty boring character, if that makes sense. So, mm-hmm. the idea of returning to Obi-Wan between episodes three and four and sort of what he was up to and what he was feeling at this point in the timeline was... Uh, compelling um, and interesting, and particularly the idea that maybe McGregor would get to return to the role and maybe actually get to do, you know have a character that was worth his or worthy of his performance and his mm. talents. That was something I was looking forward to. So yeah, came into this um, excited uh, by the potential of it, but mm. not necessarily thinking this was definitely going to be a home run. With all that in mind, Damask. Would you mind giving your spoiler-free review of Obi-Wan Kenobi Season 1, please? Okay, if I must. All right, so I watched the first two episodes of Obi-Wan with trepidation. I liked The Mandalorian. I didn't care for Boba Fett. And the latest films didn't grab me or add to my love of the original three. You know, they just kind of exist. So when I sat down to watch it, um, I was pleasantly surprised, Ewan McGregor, as we were saying, um, he plays Obi-Wan as such a warm man, you know, very much with a broken heart as big as the Death Star, but it's that pathos that endears you to the show immediately, um, which was a nice surprise for me. Uh, the show is a two-hander for much of its run, and it's Obi-Wan's sidekick that filled my eyes with tears of joy in the first two episodes. I was shocked how much I enjoyed it. Sadly, that level of enjoyment 
isn't consistent for me anyway throughout the six episodes. Sometimes I was having fun. There were a few fights that were pretty thrilling due to the choreography, some adventures, some new creatures and planets to see, the elements of that that I really liked. But making a show about Obi-Wan is always going to be challenging. We know how it ends. We know what is and isn't possible. And because so many of the storyline intertwines with ones we're familiar with, there's no escaping feeling confined. The writers add in some characters that both exist in the supplementary material as well as some that are entirely new. However, they too feel stuck in the same cage or simply don't hold weight standing next to the giants of my childhood. I often felt distracted from getting to know Obi-Wan and his sidekick better. It's an okay show with some highlights, but I'm not walking away raving and annoying my friends to watch it. If you want, watch it. If you don't, that's totally fine. I had a pretty good time with it, but yeah, like I said, I'm not in love. Very nice. Uh, Upon finishing Obi-Wan Kenobi Season 1, I was left with a lot of questions, but one stands out the most. Why? What did we get from this? What did this do for the character of Obi-Wan, for Vader, for anyone else, really? Whatever it was going for, was it well told? Were the themes well explored? Was it impactful? Was it meaningful? Was it fun? I'd answer that for most of those last few questions... Probably no. I don't think it did a particularly good job with what it was doing, whatever it was doing. And that's something I want to debate a lot in spoilers. That's something that's worth discussing as well. You've already tiptoed around some major spoilers for this series that we did know going in. Mm. And there is so little we can discuss without talking about spoilers Mm. that most of what I really have to say is going to come after the ad break. Um, But suffice to say, there are moments here that I enjoyed um, I like where it started. I, I sort of enjoyed mm. the first episode for a fair bit, but I found myself more and more delusioned as the show went on. Was there cool stuff in here? Yeah, there was. But there was also a whole lot of stale, clunky, and dumb. New Star Wars, at its best, has been when it's gotten away from the movies, away from the Skywalkers and away from any other characters that sort of surrounded them through the main uh, sort of series of movies. And away from certain planets. And away from certain <laughs> planets. It is time to move on to new, fresh takes, and this sort of underscores that finally for the last time for me. Um, and I'm left really, really worried about, like, even though there's a couple more series come up, we've got a Mandalorian Season 3 coming up, which i got to admit I am looking forward to because The Mandalorian's been pretty good so far. Um, but it is so tied to so many existing characters. Mm. Um, we've got Ahsoka, which isn't a main, main character, but a very popular and well-established character already now. They've got this Andor series, which is another fill-in-the-blanks between episodes three and four mm. thing alongside you know, a similar timeline to this Obi-Wan show, basically. I'm just... I am starting... I said I came into this feeling tired. Uh, watching Obi-Wan and where Star Wars is at now is making me tired. <laughs> That's where I'm at. <laughs> Damask, what is your rank? Uh, what is your score? Sorry, out of five stars for Obi Wan Kenobi season one. It's not bad. Um, so I'm I'm going to give it like a solid three. I'm going to give it a two point five, somewhere mm-hmm. between inferior and decent. At times, it was decent. A lot of the time, it was inferior. I was tempted to go down to a two. The things I've given twos to have been horrendous, though. 
Um, and while this was not good, I don't mm. think it was as horrific as say. I think I might have had like, um, I think my two one of the two point fives I gave was um, uh, what's it called? Westworld season two, which mm, sort wow. of sits along the same thing where it's like there were highlights in that mm. show in mm-hmm. that season, and there was just a lot of like blah. And that's very similar to how I feel about Obi-Wan Kenobi. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Before we dive into spoilers, we'd like to ask everyone who enjoys the show to please review us on Apple Podcasts and or Spotify. Nothing helps the show to grow more than by throwing five stars or a glowing review our way. And to sweeten the deal, if we reach 25 written reviews, we will finally review Buffy the Vampire Slayer Season 1. Although, the way this is going, by the time that happens, there'll be, I don't know, a reboot and they'll be in Season 5. There was going to be a reboot. There was going to be a reboot and then Joss Whedon imploded. So, that's not (laughs) happening anytime soon, I don't think. Although, way off topic somehow. Did you? There was an article this week about how Nathan Fillion said he'd work with Joss Whedon in a heartbeat, and now apparently there's rumours again there might be a Firefly reboot. Really? Mm. I've heard some rumours that Nathan Fillion is not a great person. Yeah, that that might that might explain some things. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, we would also <laughs> love you to share hunting seasons with anyone in your life that obsessively wants to talk to you about the latest show they've watched. Shove this in their face, and it'll make them super happy. In the next couple of weeks, we'll be back with an off-topic, hot-topic bonus episode while Damascus off having a great time on holiday. Ooh, yeah. Followed uh, a few weeks after, a couple weeks after, by our review of Stranger Things Season 4. If mm-hmm. you'd like to contribute a question, topic, or story to off-topic, hot-topic, or if you have any thoughts on Stranger Things or Obi-Wan Kenobi, you can write to us or send us an audio recording that we may include on a future episode to contact at huntingseasonspodcast.com or find us on Twitter at huntingscast. But right now, let's talk spoilers for Obi-Wan Kenobi Season 1. Deep Dive. It's cool to know other people think about this stuff too. Let's start with big spoiler number one. Mm-hmm. And something, the, the part of the show it sounds like, at least early on, that captured mm. your imagination the most, mm-hmm. little Leia Organa. Oh my gosh, she's so cute. <laughs> tell, me, she's- tell me about Leia. Tell me about why this is so exciting for you. Um. Well, when it started and you kind of... See where we're at, and she's um, well, what we think is she's getting dressed. I was like, Oh my gosh, oh my goodness, it's I think it's gonna be little Leia. I can't believe that I'm gonna get to see this. Um, and I think it's it's two things that are very much intertwined it's the fact that, um, one, I just 
love Leia growing up. She was very important to me. I'm just obsessed with her and thought she was so cool and strong, um, just simply amazing. And so the fact that this is a character that I loved as a little girl, a little tomboy, and then to see this little Leia tomboy, it just felt very emotional and full circle and I was beside myself getting to see it. Just at the, you know, the moment where she kind of is running through the forest and climbing trees and stuff. And mm. I, it just, I was so happy. Um, I, have to, I have to admit that if they did one thing well with this series in, in the way they promoted it, is not giving this away. This is mm-hmm. now a couple of times I've kept some cool secrets away from us in like the promotional material. The Mandalorian, no one saw Baby Yoda coming. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was a huge surprise and shock that was extremely effective. Mm-hmm. And then for Obi-Wan to to really make it seem like whatever was happening was probably going to... If if it involved any of the Skywalkers, it was probably Luke. Because yeah. we saw that little glimpse of him watching Luke from afar on Tatooine. And so then the reveal that actually it's an Obi-Wan sort of escort mission of, of uh, Leia Organa, little baby Leia, was... Very surprising and, like, extremely exciting, at least at first, at least mm-hmm. in, like, in in introduction. I was like, yeah. oh, wow, didn't see this coming. This mm-hmm. is pretty cool and interesting, I think. <laughs> and my, my, my thoughts on that maybe changed as the show went along a little bit. First thing I want to ask you about then is mm-hmm. how do you feel about the casting of Leia? Loved it. 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10? Re- and you know- you know me, I hate child actors. Mm. I really, really hate them. Um, I, I don't know. The, the, the gumption that they always give little kids often annoys me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's handy that I already know that character. I know that that attitude um, has always been there. And that is my... When I think of Leia, that's what I that's where my expectations are. Um, so I, yeah, I think that actress did a a really fine job, and um, in terms of the physicality, was there as well. I'm relieved they didn't try to like do a de-age Carrie Fisher and like use some old footage or something like that. That would have been it. terrifying. That was, was a joke. I don't think even Disney's have quite you seen that like hollow. <laughs> the kid from um, Twilight? I just I imagine that they oh, had sure, a terrifying sure. ba- animated baby thing. Ooh, <laughs> gross. Um, so Vivian Lyra Blair is the actress playing Leia. And I agree. There is a lot about her as Leia that does make sense. She seems to have some of that Carrie Fisher, Leia energy to her. Mm-hmm. It's like she was given the right lines and had the right amount of, for lack of a better word, spunk, I think, mm-hmm. like that made that choice for her as an actress, as the actress, obvious. Yeah. That being said, I think she's she's too young to be playing a 10-year-old. That's not what 10-year-olds look like, right? Well, I, She's I eight have... now, as far as I can tell. She was probably three years too young when she was playing the role. And- <laughs> She looked like they were getting a, a kindergarten kid to play someone who should be. Well, I didn't realize she was ten. I don't know when they first say it, but when um at, in that last episode they mention that she or Luke that they're ten. Um, yeah. And then we also see her like putting on her clothes, and she's got the tiniest little hands. And I was she's, like, she's a very small ten year old. She's not ten. She's nowhere near ten. Mm-hmm. And that what what is frustrating about that is she doesn't need to be ten. Like, make her eight. 
Do you know what mm. I mean? Like, mm-hmm. just make it, make it set eight years past, not ten years past the last film. So, that's that's frustrating to me. Because then, when they have written a script and uh, have are making a show around a ten-year-old, and they've got a seven- or eight-year-old running through the woods to get away from grown men, and it looks like like it like it was so badly choreographed and shot that it felt like a pantomime. Like mm-hmm. it didn't fi- it had no stakes to it because she just genuinely is too young to convincingly be running away from adults. Like it just is true, mm-hmm. and it loses tension when I'm like, this looks silly. And that's mm-hmm. nothing to do with the actress. It's got to yeah, do no. with the people who decided that that was the right age. They'd cast someone too young for that role. I found that frustrating to begin with. That's maybe a nitpick. Like, if that mm. happened, like, one time, that would have been, like, okay, I, I, that doesn't bother me that yeah, much. Yeah, I didn't realise she was 10, so it, it didn't even occur to me. It yeah. was an issue until that, like, almost one of the final scenes. I was like, huh, that's interesting. But then the problem of, like, how they shot and uh, <laughs> and choreographed that sequence with Leia running away from the Mm -hmm. kidnappers was a problem that continued to happen for me, sometimes with her, just not convincingly being able to, like, run away from things. But more like, in general, I thought I didn't think the show was particularly well choreographed or shot with its action. The next Mm. episode, episode two, we've got the character of Reva, who we haven't spoken about yet, Mm. doing parkour flips on the roof of this place. (laughs) <laughs> because I guess this is meant to be impressive, like Inquisitor, st- like Force user stuff. Sure. And it was really, really rough and dorky. And it's very hard to take the show seriously when it doesn't know what it's doing Do you remember doing that, that show, um, Dark Angel? With yes, I do remember that Dark Angel, yes. Watch both I feel like there was a lot of running on rooftops that was like similarly lit um, in that futuristic city. It had, it was a bit of that. In that scene, I found. Um, I thought there was a lot yeah. of bike. I think there was a lot of bike riding in that show because they're all like couriers in that show. I think. I think Jessica Alba was like a courier bike. Yes, courier or that's like right. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been a while since I watched that show. We need to revisit <laughs> that actually because it got kind of cool. And the like, I remember the how season one or season two ended. It was really awesome. Someone like committed suicide or something like, like killed themselves to save another character or something. It was and they got cancelled. James Cameron's mm. Dark Angel. Oh man. <laughs> We should review that show one day. Oh, we should make I don't that know, our, we should. our uh, like. This is the show we'll, we'll watch and review if uh, if we get twenty five written reviews. Anyway, uh, yeah. So that was a problem. I found the, I did find the action direction and uh, the and choreography and the way it was shot really distracting all the time and really mm-hmm. for a, for a show that must have millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars spent mm-hmm. on it. Just not. Yeah, some of those set pieces. I was, and you know me, like I'm very rarely. Um, aware of direction, particularly in action sequences. Um, but ev- even I was aware of it. I was like, hmm, this isn't quite as immersive as perhaps they wanted it to be. Or like when in episode three, Leia and Obi-Wan are approaching uh, like a, a imperial blockade, not a blockade, a checkpoint. And mm. there's like a laser fence in front of them. Yeah. But like... If they want to get around the fence, they don't have to turn the fence off, just sort of walk around, walk around it. it. I did like notice that. I was like, huh, a weird design that they <laughs> Just don't turn it off. Yeah. Just don't worry about it. Just walk around it, guys. It'll be fine. <laughs> Far out. Um, okay, go back to Lay then. How do you feel about 
what 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 this do for you the like the story of Leia in this what did it give you that you didn't have before about Leia did this fill in some blanks for you did it like fulfill some wishes for you um it fulfilled wishes just in terms of getting to spend more time with her i think mm-hmm. i really wanted that with the newer films um obviously we only got a limited amount of time with Carrie Fisher um but just in general i think what was written there. She was so important, both I think to the, the story um, or should have been to the story and just to me as, as a fan mm-hmm. um, of that character and of the original films um, that I just wanted that importance acknowledged in a way that felt satisfying. And we had moments, particularly early on um, of some of that acknowledgement that felt really validating, which was nice in terms of like getting to, know the character. I, I think I mentioned that in my um, spoiler-free review, which is that I was really excited to see these two characters together to get to know them better, mm-hmm. um, but I constantly felt distracted by other things that were happening. Yeah. Um, that's the probably the bit that burns the most for me is I think there was an opportunity to I don't know, get to know something about Leia we didn't know before, get to know Obi-Wan on a different level, Vader, whoever it might be, find some new ground to explore with these characters. Instead, the having finished the series, I now am convinced they just went, all right, here's the things we want to do in this story. We want to make sure Leia's in it. Mm-hmm. We want to make sure Obi-Wan and Vader fight a couple of times. We want to make sure we get Qui-Gon at the end and we want to make sure that Obi-Wan says hello there. And it's like, that was it. And then they tried to mm. build a show around it rather than having like, here's the story of Obi-Wan that we really need to tell. Like, if we're going to go back to Obi-Wan, here's a story. It's actually going to involve Leia and here's why. It was more like, how about this? The fans will love this. And then built the show around it. And the more I think about it, the more I think that's true. Because there is very little momentum in the story that it, or, or in or any real work done to really explore the themes that I think are there in this story. Yeah, but, I mean, that's the thing. I think I'm going to disagree with you slightly just in the sense that I believe they sat down and the story was, okay, how do we get um, the character of Obi-Wan who experienced such great loss and heartache at the end of episode three to a point of forgiving himself and coming to a place of acceptance about what happened in the past. I think that was the story they wanted to tell. And I think using um, this newfound relationship with Anakin's daughter is, you know, smart and fun and, offers a lot to fans. The execution, however, I think is muddied um, by a lot of the other storylines going on. I wish like we had this um, road movie with Obi-Wan and Leia um, where Obi-Wan can kind of fix the mistakes of the past and I wish we had a separate show about a youngling who survived um, Mm. and just working through that trauma. And I don't particularly think maybe hunting down Darth Vader is the best way to explore that, but I think that's a cool idea for a character. Yeah. Yeah, There's there's a few things there, I think. it's 
I I sort of agree with I agree with what like the the idea of what they want to do with Obi Wan that sort of trying to move on or accept what's happened and move on from his trauma or explore. Mm. But okay, first of all, I think they just did. A, I didn't don't think they did a great job of exploring what his trauma really was. I think mm-hmm. like it doesn't need to be conversations, I guess, but sometimes just like having an adult conversation about this stuff would have been really handy rather mm. than just seeing him brooding in his cave a little bit. Which is what it felt like I was sort of enjoying about season one, but then they sort of forgot to keep going with that as the show went on because it then came about the having a relationship with Anakin and Padme's daughter, which mm-hmm. wasn't a bad storyline, but wasn't the storyline we're starting with. And then I'm not sure really gets us to where we're going at the end. But then there's also like, there's a problem where this story has no stakes by choosing to have it mm. be between. Exactly. Obi-Wan and Leia. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, we know where all these characters end up. So, there's never any jeopardy for Obi-Wan or Mm. Leia or Owen or Beru or Luke or Vader. It's like, or even Bail Organa. I'm pretty sure we're aware that he's alive in episode four. So, it's like, if we've got no stakes for any of these characters, why are we taking them on an adventure, a kidnap storyline and trying to make it seem like there's danger? Like, that just seems ill-conceived. So, like, could you not do a similar story about Obi-Wan having to get past his failures as a Jedi and involve a character that we've not met before so that we can have some jeopardy because this character maybe is or isn't going to make it through this series? Mm -hmm. So, that's the first thing you can do differently. Do you lose the layer stuff? Yes, you do. But if this this show's called Obi-Wan, maybe we can deal with that um, at a different time. Or... Could we have had, since Obi-Wan and Luke do have a relationship where they get to spend some time together in A New Hope, and then in episodes eight and nine, could we not done a similar thing, maybe not so grand scale, that did involve Luke, so that when we re-watch episode four, we have a new understanding of Obi-Wan and Luke's relationship a little bit, or at least Ob- how Obi-Wan feels about Luke, about how Obi-Wan feels about Luke as Vader's son, etc., etc. Because the other problem with involving Leia instead of Luke is that they don't actually share any screen time together mm-hmm. in A New Hope, and Leia knows this guy from this grand event she had with as a kid and shows no emotion about his death or no indication that she knew him. It's mm. never, ever said at any other time. And so, we just have to go on this whole thing. We have to keep it a secret bit as that being enough for her to not have any sort of emotional connection. And that is, I think, really hard to swallow as Mm -hmm. someone who, like, I don't want to be too nitpicky because you want to allow room for them to do fun stuff. But it's like, if you're making this choice, I just don't know if it makes sense. I don't Mm -hmm. know. Yeah, no, Uh, I, I... I think every point you're making is really valid. And, yeah, I think if you are going down the path of um, Obi-Wan's acceptance of perhaps his own failings, the decisions he made, um, yeah, you could even combine the two stories of the um, the one surviving or one of the few surviving younglings totally. and Obi-Wan and have a really similar kind of journey just without any of the kids. It's funny they introduce that Jedi that comes and asks him for help mm. early on and he gets strung up by the Inquisitors or whatever and killed. 
in that first episode. And that's one of the reasons he goes to help Leia. But, and while I don't think that character necessarily would have been particularly interesting, there was nothing about that character that mm. really struck me as interesting at, the, at that point. The idea of him, like, uh, having to help another Jedi, but maybe even the idea of taking another Padawan or something like that, which, of course, is going to be something he's going to have problems with because look what happened to his last Padawan. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, there's so much there, whether it's him pushing this person away from the Force and saying, don't go anywhere near it because mm. exce- he himself has done that. It's e- even... Like, I found it muddy as to understanding what his problem was with the Force. Had he uh, elected to leave the Force behind? Was he having problems getting in touch with the Force because of his inner turmoil? What It was never really explained to me, or I never fully understood what his problems were. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. That stuff I found really frustrating and muddy. If we move on to Reva, who... I think it is an interesting new character on paper. Mm. As you said, it could have been its own series and that would have been cool. In this series, they could have at least explained to me that she was actually on a revenge mission against Vader earlier than episode five. Because once you make it a twist that, oh, she was actually after Vader the whole time, then you've left no room to explore what she's going through. Do you know what I mean? Like, if I knew that in episode two, then we could have spent some time understanding or getting to explore whatever's going on inside with her. Yeah. In in her interior. Yeah. I also just think in both storylines of of hers, which is one, she's pursuing Obi-Wan and two, she's pursuing Darth Vader, is that you're setting this character up to fail and she's so um has this single focus this absolute dedication that makes her a very kind of closed off character and then you give her this mission that we know she's going to fail at it's really hard to connect to that storyline or be invested in it there can be a tragic element to it right yeah if we get to know her but that's that's the problem it's like we need to know her well enough for that to be a tragedy. And that means spending the time (laughs) getting to know her. And maybe, like, what you need is... Yeah, there's there's a lot of ways to make that a tragic figure, but it only works if you... Yeah, you can't just... You can't just say, well, that's her goal, and then have her lose to Vader, and that's Mm -hmm. it. Also, did you understand why she went to Tatooine to get Luke? Well, uh, my assumption was that she was going to use him as further bait um, for Darth Vader, but then it seemed like she was pursuing him to kill him. And I, and then so I was like, oh, okay, so she's it's revenge, but does she know that Darth doesn't know? Or <laughs> da- Yeah. So if, at first I assumed that it was going to be a bait situation, but yeah. There were so many, I, uh, uh, so many parts of that that I just was confused what her motivations were. I was confused... I don't think I got clearly, and maybe I need to rewatch the episode, that how she understood that Luke was Vader's son. I'm not sure that came across clearly in the I also garbled didn't message. understand in the garbled message, like how she would make the connection between that message and then this random farmer called Owen. Yes, that she met in the f- the first or second mention mentions Owen in the message. Yeah, and this is where like the dumb comes in. It's like. 
<laughs> Bail Organa sends Obi-Wan off on this secret mission. Hasn't heard from him. I know what I'll do. I'll send him a message to his communicator that if someone's captured him, they would definitely intercept. With names and locations. <laughs> With names and locations of it in it. <laughs> yeah. They give away his plan. And there is so many moments like that in this show mm. where I'm just left really struggling to care about the story when they keep doing dumb ass shit. All right, well, let's talk about the base infiltration then. (laughs) (laughs) Go on. Talk about Um, the low light of the series. Go on. (laughs) Yeah. So, our our heroes, quote-unquote heroes, um, are... So, little Leia, cute little Leia is being kidnapped by Reva. Again, she needs to be saved. Again, we've done this three episodes in a row. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Um... That poor girl. Mm-hmm. Um, so, she needs to be saved. So, Obi-Wan and I can't remember the lady's name. Tala. Tala, thank you. The lady from Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Um, make this plan to infiltrate this massive base on this, what seems like a water planet. Correct. It's a, um, water, a water moon. It's a water planet in the Mustafar system. So, it's not far from where like... Darth Vader's castle is on Mustafar. Uh, It's also worth mentioning that that is a location that we have seen previously if you played the Jedi Fallen Order TV uh, um, series. It Mm. is one of the final levels and is excellent. Yeah. Um, And I was super excited we were going there in the TV series. Mm -hmm. I shouldn't have been, but go on. Yeah. (laughs) So, I I had no reference point to that, but I knew it was um, the base of the Empire, um, a military base, very for the Inquisitors, expli- explicitly. For the yes, thank yeah. you. Um, uh, very, very scary. Lots of military there, mm-hmm. weapons, ships, all that stuff. Impenetrable, one would think, um, unless you just simply drive on up, park, walk up to a gate and say, oh, um, I'm your superior, Therefore, making your job redundant, you don't have to verify that at all. And then I can walk in. Sh- shocking. Absolutely shocking stuff. <laughs> so that's, well, that's a start. That's so that's start. the first one. It's like, okay, we're going to do a heist type mm-hmm. situation. Mm-hmm. Let's start with the classic. Are you going to tell Darth Vader yeah. that you didn't let me through? Didn't yeah. think so, buddy. I'll walk my favorite part of a heist is when it's not hard to get into the building. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's my favorite part. Then, then what happened, Damask? I don't remember what happened then. Well, I remember. Of- oh my gosh! Yes, yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, so is Tala then goes into this um, room with lots of blinking lights and people just you know at their day job doing their job. Um, she sits down, takes out, I don't know, a microphone like she's making a podcast at her desk. <laughs> it's so big. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 accurate to what we've seen in it, Star it Wars. They are she's not size. hiding that no. she's communicating with someone. Um, sitting next to a man who I assume works there every day and definitely knows she doesn't work there. Um, and then, uh, but doesn't say anything for whatever reason, even though it's a highly secure military base. Um, and then the superior comes in and is like, wait a minute, you don't work here. Are you new? Have you filled out the right paperwork? Um, and she's like, don't worry, come over to the pantry just around the corner. And then like <laughs> knocks him out or kills him. Silently. Completely silently. Completely silently. silently. Um, and then she's like, gets back on the podcasting hold, mic. Hold on, like, hold on, stop, stop, stop. stop. You mm. took, we've got one thing. She just 
places him down like behind a bookcase. Yeah, while there's there a stack still- of beans in the pantry she hides him <laughs> behind. Yeah. While there are still people like within that, like you can see them in the shot where he gets put down mm-hmm. and she walks past him. There are like still people just sitting at those computers. Yeah. At any moment could turn around and mm-hmm. go look up there and see that or I think walk in from the door. And see that from the other entrance? like I don't think it's... I think it is in a little nook that comes you by the door. But either way, it's... Um, <laughs> oh, boy. You'd think once that had happened, you'd be like, oh, well, I'm, it's no longer secure here. I'm going to yes. remove myself. Anyway, then she's like, beep, boop, 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 opens a trap door. He swims in um, to save Leia. So, that was interesting. It made me go, oh, they can j- just do anything. No matter what, they're going to succeed because the writers have decided that they're going to succeed. I, I suppose when you know Obi-Wan can't die, why even pretend there's stakes? Why even pretend this is going to be hard? Well, um, yeah, they were pretending, absolutely. Th- then, I think it's worth knowing also, that Obi-Wan gets in, mm-hmm. fights one stormtrooper, mm-hmm. um, and instead of doing the obvious thing I thought, which is, I don't know, put on the Stormtroopers outfit, that thing they did in A New Hope when they invaded the Death Star and was definitely the inspiration for this entire freaking sequence that we're watching, decides to walk around his Jedi robes. Okay. <laughs> there was a cool sequence in that episode where he takes out two Stormtroopers in the dark. Mm, that, that was, was cool. kind of cool. That was cool. It lasted 10 it's seconds. It's always cool when it's dark and then someone turns, turns on their on lightsaber. lightsaber. It's always going to get me excited. Yeah. Absolutely. But then, then... Okay, we got to go. Let's get out of here. So, what do they do? They I got a trench coat. We're both going to wear it. A trench coat. <laughs> get on, on my Obi-Wan shoulders. Turn into, uh, what was his name? Adult man in Project uh, yeah. Corson. <laughs> um, try and get Leia out, hiding her under his trench coat. It was so Did no one go, huh, silly. that man has two normal legs and then two very small legs very, as well. Very small legs. <laughs> It was so absurd. And it's like, I wish they'd played it for comedy at least. Like, mm. at least try. But no, they're just walking on by like, we're going to get out of here. If it wasn't for yeah. Reva, who was just luckily on their tail and figured out something was wrong, they mm-hmm. would have got out scot-free apparently. But then even the way this episode ends frustrated me, where like, the snow speeders, rebel people show up. Mm. Um, cause a distraction, take out some... Sh- I don't know how they approached a fucking Imperial military base. <laughs> yeah, don't base. they, I don't know, have a Star Wars system that we named ours <laughs> after? Like, fucking hell. You'd think they'd be, like, monitoring the ships that yeah. were entering the atmosphere or whatever. These guys had to come in, like, pretending they were part of the Empire to even get mm-hmm. close. How did the... the the, the, the um, speeders get close? I reckon that one guy that... Um, Tyler took out was the only one who was meant to be he watched the screen that monitored the skies and he wasn't there so they got in <laughs> that was the guy that was, that was the guy it was a double yeah. whammy that was lucky um even even that sequence there was a bit where they were coming in and the way that like the speeders were coming in they were like gonna run into a wall and they just mm-hmm. cut away before we had to deal with <laughs> whatever they did to get out of that situation but then the episode ends with uh Reva is trying to stop them she throws like this I don't know, box or something, explosives, mm. hits the, the second spear, the one that thankfully Obi-Wan and Tala and Leia and- All the characters you know, yeah. The, well, the three characters plus um, uh, Maya, Maya from Pen15. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I also worth mentioning, someone pointed this out, those snow speeders, at least in what we've seen in New Hope, 
fits two people back to back. So I don't know how the four of them got in there, but whatever. <laughs> um, they, the other one gets taken out, and it's a real like, oh my god, we've lost this goes him. Dead. <laughs> and I'm like, who? Are you who? Talking about? <laughs> We don't know this person. <laughs> Why do we care? He's like, you can't <laughs> like build in stakes that way. That's not what stakes are when you just kill a random extra. Which is only made worse when the next episode, right? So episode five, they land like the speeder, <laughs> the, the ship or whatever. Yeah. And, they're, and they're like, how'd you go? It's like, yeah. We, we got lost her. him. No, 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 no. Oh, no, it's like, we got, we, we got Leia. It's like, oh, mission successful. And it's like, there's a debt, like the guy's dead. Yeah. You're not going to tell, tell me about that? You're not going to come out as like... We lost oh, I thought butt. they did. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, whatever. It just it was nowhere yeah. near like dramatic enough. Like, it should, yeah. like if, Either way, their like, appreciation sad, that this random girl that they don't know has been saved and the um, total underplaying the fact that their dear friend is dead. Yes. What, yeah. One of these things was wrong here. It was yeah. just like it didn't <laughs> totally fit with how the episode ended by trying to make us feel sad for this random guy's death anyway. Mm. And do we think like... The reasons for this is the um, back end foundation laying for Andor, like, is what these episodes are for. Because one would assume that these yeah. characters are coming back in that, right? I, I, I would, I would assume at least yeah. some of them are likely coming back in yeah. the the guy that seems to be the rebel of these the path people. Mm-hmm. Um, probably, yeah, will probably come back in Andor. They'll be a rebel. Um, mm-hmm. There's, I can't remember a name. There's a character in Solo, a Star Wars story, who was sort of like apparently the founder of the rebels back in that movie who I imagine we'll see in or I right. hope we'll see in Andor as well. Uh, yeah, it seems pretty likely. Um yeah, did you care about any of those people? No, of course I didn't. I think we've established that we didn't care about any of them. Um I liked Taylor. I thought she was a nice person, but I wasn't overly invested. She um, she was she was of the new characters, the one I probably cared the most about, um, I mean, the uh, sense that, yeah. like, she was working for the Empire, did think, you know, that she could do good, and then found out they were Nazis and decided mm-hmm. to help the people that she had been involved in Yeah, destroying. and I like, you know, the idea of someone like that being a role model for the layer that we mm-hmm. came to know in the totally. originals. Yeah. Totally. Um, I don't think it's needed, though. It's like there was never any mm. part of me that was like, geez, I wonder what I Leia became such a, uh, like, a, uh, a headstrong... Well, it's like I didn't need that explanation necessarily, like if that's the case. Yeah. But at the same time, what was there wasn't necessarily bad either. Mm. Um, and her death was one of the better executed moments, like getting the... the the loader robot guy, like trying to protect her. I really she... liked the robot guy. He, he was, was cool. cool. He, um, a lot of impact for a guy who had like got two weirdly emotional when he was say. like shielding her. I'm like, yeah. he's the hero of the piece. <laughs> um, but I think I can't remember a specific example, but um, oh, actually, I can. So in that moment, um, before Tala dies and the stormtroopers have kind of made their way in, shooting at all those people trying to escape on that ship. Mm-hmm. Um, so much gunfire. Um, none of them seem to have weapons or have anything to hide behind and no one but Tala died. I was just like, yeah. this, it looks bad. There's a way to shoot it to make it work, that, that's but it looked I mean, bad. Yeah, That's exactly what I mean about the action choreography and the way it was shot. It was like it was shot mm. poorly that it... 
it it made it yeah it didn't make things feel high stakes it made them feel silly so often there was like another part in episode two that i still am trying to wrap my head around a little bit where like obi-wan gives himself up um because he gives his stuff to one of the rebel guys or to uh commander gianni's character i yeah. think and it's like you take this look mm-hmm. after it make sure leia gets back to bail it's like oh he doesn't expect to come back he doesn't expect to come back inside whatsoever so he goes out there, gives himself up. Um, Reva's got him. Got him in handcuffs or whatever. They have a bit of a chat. Mm-hmm. She sends him back inside for some reason, <laughs> which gives him an opportunity to fight off the stormtroopers, which we never see him do it. And then he can run back into the rebels and get away. It's like, so did Obi-Wan know that he was going to be let go by Reva? Did he expect to be let go? Because he gave all his stuff... Like, you know what I mean? I, like, I, yeah, I, not initially, but I think in that exchange. conversation, that exchange, the plan was for him to go further in so Darth Vader get, goes further in out of the sight of everyone else. It was just, it just all seems so silly. It's like, mm. we got the guy, bring him to him. No, send him back in with you guys. <laughs> don't keep him here with me where we yeah. can make sure, where I can present yeah, I don't him know how she go, explained it to her second in command. I've got no <laughs> idea how that works. Exactly. <laughs> And then also for him to escape, mm-hmm. handcuffed and bound, surrounded by stormtroopers inside, to escape and thus not see it, I find very frustrating too. It's like, if you're going to do that, don't make it look like it was the easiest thing in the world. Make it look like it was difficult for him. Because again, it's just like you've taken away any... Obviously, again, maybe they just don't know not to bother because, of course, Obi-Wan had to survive. It's like there was no other option. Um how did you feel then about Hayden Christensen's return as Vader, about the Obi-Wan and Vader stuff, the flashback to when they were um, sparring at some stage at the Jedi Temple, all that stuff? Yeah, I, I, I liked it. I liked seeing Hayden Christensen again um, as Anakin. It was like a nice novelty, I guess. I was like, huh, oh, yeah, this is this is quite nice. Um we don't get a whole lot of him um, for the amount that, like, people online are losing their fucking mind um, about his return. It, there's not a whole lot there. I think you really, really have to be fangirl, fanboy, fan whatever um, of not only all of the movies but also the supplementary stuff like the animated series and all that stuff to be really invested in that relationship to that degree to get super excited about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the one exchange that I was like, I quite enjoyed this was their final exchange um, when they have a brief conversation um it was a bit of a, you know, that moment of relief and letting go for Obi-Wan. I, I enjoyed that. I agree. That that was a well-executed scene, particularly from your McGregor, who I believed his emotion in that scene yeah. upon seeing that under that mask. Oh, also, I did like the idea that, like, Obi-Wan didn't know that Anakin was still alive. And yes. that it's like that revelation in episode two where he's like, he's alive and he's Vader was cool. And I don't think was really properly grappled with it's like mm-hmm. you could have done a whole episode of him going like fuck this guy's still around and he's like mm-hmm. one of the big guys inside the empire holy thing, shit yeah if, i if, have i have a responsibility to kill this guy 
Yeah, like, he certainly I didn't. We didn't, didn't get a whole lot of grappling. I did enjoy um, the moments just after that. I think in the next episode, where you see kind of fear come from Obi Wan. Yeah, the fear um, was in cool. To that I, I like that. I was like, so he he understands that if someone like Anakin is still alive, just how scary that is. Um, but I still have trouble. Um, seeing Anakin Skywalker as Darth Vader. Those two characters, for all the work that's been done, I still really struggle to see see them as one. Well, but maybe it's I where... just need to watch the prequels again. No, I think I agree with you. I think that's, A, that's a big failure of the prequels in general and just mm. like that transition of Anakin into Darth Vader is not compelling or well-executed or feels like, uh, they, as you said, that Anakin... Turn, convincingly turns into the Vader that we know. Mm-hmm. The stuff they did in this, particularly in the last episode, once Obi-Wan has like cut his mask open and we can see mm-hmm. Hayden Christensen inside the mask, mm. does help a lot. It does, yeah. It goes a long way. I also wish we maybe could have got... That could have happened a little bit earlier in the fight so mm-hmm. that it wasn't just him staring down Obi-Wan and saying the things he was saying. Like, if yeah. I could have seen Hayden Christensen and had him physically fighting and moving like the Vader that we know, it would have even made that connection stronger. Yeah. Part of me was slightly excited because when when Obi-Wan finds out that um, Anakin is alive and is in fact Darth Vader and we have that moment where you see um, Darth Vader in his little tank Mm -hmm. thing, I'm like, are we going to have moments where we see Hayden Christensen um, without the stuff all over him. Because, you know, obviously at the end of the originals, we see him with, like, the top part of his or his helmet off, mm-hmm. um, still with the breathing apparatus, but um, with the helmet off. Are we going to be able to see that? Like, see he, see the, the, the human side um, and Darth himself, and that might have helped patch things up a little bit for me. We didn't see that, and that that's okay. But that, I was kind of hoping for it a little bit. That could have been super cool. You can imagine like he gets out of the back to tank and he's got like, he's in his particular room. That's like, like the, it's pressurized in a way they can mm. breathe with it. And then he has a conversation with the emperor. Like, cause we do get that a little bit at the end, but it's like, mm. then Hayden Christensen can have a Darth Vader conversation with the emperor. Mm. Um, and maybe we can get those two things to connect. But I reckon they probably didn't even try because they can't because it's actually getting the the closest we'll get is like the splicing of the two voices over each other yeah. that we get at the end. Like that's as good as they can actually make it so work. Because it's so different. Because like, it's so Hayden different. Christensen just yeah. in terms of his his voice, yeah. his face. So there's a lot going on there yeah. um, that makes it hard to connect that with the Darth from the, da- the James Earl Jones voice, the, yeah. the stature and the way that Vader moves and walks and talks yeah. and all those things. They aren't the same character. And in a way that it kind of is fine um, in the sense that like the, this bit at the end of this season where he's like, you, you know, Anakin was not your failure. I killed him. Mm-hmm. And Vader is talking about himself as Vader, as a different entity to Anakin, mm. there is something you can... I can I can make that work um, mm. to some degree. What then is baffling and infuriating, and again, why maybe this whole endeavor was ill-conceived, is once that happens, and Obi-Wan, um, like, has come to this realization that this 
Darth Vader, in the man in front of him, he's not Anakin Skywalker, his pupil anymore. Mm. And he's just been having a fight with the guy. Why doesn't he kill him? Angela turned to me and said the same thing. She's like, why, did, why didn't he kill him? I was like, well, then we couldn't have the originals. Yeah, it's <laughs> the only why. reason. It's I was the- like, I said, I was like, oh, it's probably story-wise pity, I guess. But the real reason is simply because we couldn't have the originals then. It, it's, it's simply that. Mm-hmm. Because he's seen what this guy is capable of. It makes no sense for him to keep him alive. N- yeah. None. Except... Because the cruelty of it, right, is that in his mind, he's not the guy that's going to take down the Empire. He has an opportunity to, like, get rid of one of the biggest bad guys that the Empire has. That, if he really thinks about is his responsibility to do so, he is the one mm. person with the power to do it. But he's going to do a Dumbledore and make sure that the kid he's going to bring up to deal with it in mm. another eight, nine years or whatever it is, I'll let him do it later on instead. Fuck that this guy will kill who knows how many people in the meantime. Yeah, like, particularly considering what Reva says to him when she reveals that she was a youngling and she's like, well, where were you? Like, exactly. you weren't there to stop him. And then he makes the same decision just to be like, not my responsibility, I'm out. How How is there, how am I meant to have, like, all you need to do is have Vader got away. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Not Obi-Wan walks away, just... Vader was too injured to even take out Obi-Wan. He somehow pulls off a bit of a, like, I don't know, calls in a fucking attack from me, start the ship he was on that should still be mm. in the sky somewhere. And, like, he gets out of there and maybe it's, like, a non vader but, like, he, he had to survive. Like, there's a way to do it that doesn't leave Obi-Wan looking like a complete dickhead. Mm. <laughs> also don't know how, how Obi-Wan even got off that planet, gets in a ship and flies away and what, the Star Destroyer wasn't there anymore? Where'd it go? Ah. Oh. It's infuriating when there's so many plot holes that mm. you have to accept because Obi-Wan's in episode four. Fuck that shit. Any last words? Final thoughts. That's why you always leave a note. Do you have any side notes, Damask? I don't have any side notes. Do you? I only had a couple. Uh, we already mentioned that Maya Erkson uh, mm-hmm. from Pen15 was... Uh, in episode four and maybe episode five, I can't remember. She was in it for a little bit. Nice yep. to see uh, her in Star Wars, I guess. Uh, also, I'm hoping I, I'm hoping because they got her that she might be in Andor. Oh, true. Yeah, that's a good point. That'd be nice if she showed up in there. Uh, also, uh, I always get say this name wrong, unfortunately. Tamuera Tamuera Morrison, who uh, is the actor that plays Boba Fett and Jango Fett, etc., appears as a homeless veteran mm. clone trooper. Uh, in episode two, in what, from what I understand, is the first time he's ever actually played a live-action version of a clone trooper. Like, mm. in the prequel trilogies, they are CGI. Like, this is the first time he's ever actually put on the clone armor, mm. I think. Which is pretty interesting that it took until this series to get to that point, even though there's been a million, million clones in the series at different points. Uh, highlights and lowlights. What was your low light, Damask? Um, well, we've already spoken about it. Obviously, it was the infiltrating that base. Um, also, yeah, Reva's storyline, I think, setting her up to fail, never really getting to know her, um, was disappointing because I did see the potential. 
Well, they've opened up the door, obviously. They leave the door open, maybe mm. is a better way of putting it, that Reva will return at some stage. We don't know what's going to happen to her. She can either just flit away into the never-never and we'll never see her again, or she can be- continue to be a baddie, or she can become a goodie at some stage. Um, would you like to see her again? Yeah, I'd totally be open to it. I think, um, yeah, the idea of this youngling um, originally taught um, in the temple, perhaps maybe going off saving uh, younglings um, from the might of the Empire could be interesting. Yeah, I'd I'd be happy to see that character again. Um, Just while I'm thinking of it as well, Mm -hmm. how did you feel about Owen and Baru, like trying to take out Reva when she came to the Lars homestead and <laughs> Um What did I think about it? I was like, please don't do this. <laughs> please don't. They're farmers. Um it, I it mean, should... she had been stabbed. You couldn't tell it, but she'd been stabbed through the gut in the last episode. Well she'd... apparently like in this world, it's not that bad to be stabbed by gut, a lightsaber. Gut don't mean shit. Yeah. Unless you're Qui-Gon um, Jinn. That's yeah, I did, I did see a tweet about that and it made me laugh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, I, didn't, I didn't like it because, you know, in the original, the tragedy is that because of who Luke was, he comes home um, and he sees his very innocent, not because of who he is, but he comes home and he sees, you know, this inno- innocent couple that raised mm. him um, absolutely, like, decimated, destroyed. And then to find out that they, like, have a stockpile of guns and fight back and stuff, it just – I I didn't want that for those characters. They they shouldn't – they were meant to always be separate and that was the point of them. Sure. They offered him this very different life. I did – I got to say, I did enjoy Joel Edgerton getting to return as Owen, though. Like, his I mean, stuff in episode one. Yeah, he's great. He's so good. I, I, I really like his stuff. His tense relationship with Obi-Wan uh, in the first episode. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a little bit different, too. I actually didn't hate, like, Owen and Baru, like, fighting to protect Luke in the sense that, like, we know how tragic that story is. It's nice to see them, like, you know, they were willing to put their lives on the line. They didn't mm. just get completely taken out like chumps necessarily in episode four. They, you know, they would have fought if they could have. That was well within their, mm. you know, sort of characters to do that. Um, but now, How you did about you feel about four, Luke being pursued by what are definitely not Tuscan Raiders? Um, like, does he have questions about that? Was he like, who I was think, that woman who was after me? I think he conveniently got knocked down and forgot what happened that night and he can't remember the lady with the big ah, red laser sword. The old amnesia, eh? <laughs> I guess so. I guess so. Um, uh, but, yeah, it does make me think of episode four, like, when Owen and my final on Baru's, like, burning bodies. It's, like, it's a shame there weren't a couple of, like, stormtrooper uh, bodies as well, just so they'd taken out a couple at least on the way out. They went down fighting. No, I'm joking. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> that On this topic, though, the, the way the show ends, what about seeing Liam Neeson return as Qui-Gon for the first time since, at least in physical form, since uh, episode one? I think he might have done some voice work in uh, episode nine. Um. Yeah, I guess it, may, it makes sense narratively. Um, I wasn't oh, like, they, oh they, my... 
didn't just build up to it. They were like, <laughs> yes, Quiga will be back Boston. before the end Boston. of the series. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So that was that was that was fine. Um. He looked a little bit older. Than when he died, I'll be so, honest with you. So did Hayden Christensen in the flashback of my dad. He had a few more frown lines than he had this when he was true. playing that character. This is true. Um, yes, that's very, very true. Um, it was fine. It didn't blow me away. I was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Cool. It. I mean, it's inclusion. The way it was done, anything like that is whatever. Mm. The problem was they thought that that was like, I, like it was enough. It's like... Can you imagine if they just had a fucking conversation? Like, how much cooler would it have been to have Obi-Wan, like, talking to Qui-Gon mm. about what he his conflict... Like, this was the guy that his master said, train the fucking boy. You mm-hmm. have to train him. Like, when have everyone a said no, it, everyone this said guy no. was like, I no, we're going to do it. I did it for you because mm-hmm. you told me to. And look what fucking happened. Mm-hmm. Like, look what we did. We fucked up. Have this conversation with this force ghost. Have a complicated relationship and explore that for a second. No. Oh, Obi-Wan, you're finally here. There's a long way to... Fuck off. That's not anything. That's not... Anyway. They had like a freeze frame high five at the end. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. It's the... Is, if there's anything that's a low light for me, um, it was episode four, <laughs> as we were going to talk about. But it is the wasted potential because I don't think... The way that they decided to go about it was destined to be bad, I think. Mm. But the idea of doing a series about Obi-Wan between episode three and four, doing a show about Obi-Wan between episode three and four, is not without merit so long as you definitely know what story, have a story to tell mm-hmm. and do the work to tell it well. And it probably didn't have to be fights with Darth Vader, but that's just mm-hmm. what the fans want to say. It's explore the man and what this means, what he's going through in this moment. What was your highlight of the series, Damask? Um, the highlight for me, it was Princess Leia. Um, seeing her, certainly in those first moments, um, seeing how intelligent she was and some of those really lovely conversations that she was able to have with Obi-Wan. The stuff, we didn't really talk about this a heap, but the stuff with like Obi-Wan talking about uh, Padme in particular mm. was rather sweet. Mm-hmm. Did like that. Um, you know, talking about the traits of a mother, and then even the bit at the end where it's like, these are the things you got from your mother and the things from you got from your dad. Mm. Um, and sort of the way he was reconciling the difference between Anakin and Darth Vader in that moment was sweet. Didn't hate that. I agree. Um, my highlight was the really, really well cut together previously on that began the series that like truncated yeah, the uh, right. prequels. I remember watching it and being like, wow, that really makes um, the prequels look Good. <laughs> Way better than they actually are. Yeah. I was like, that's a fucking like, edit and yeah, a half. That was that is... really good. Mm. Um, it really took me on a journey. It, it like got me excited. I'm like, oh my God, I think mm. I'm excited for this show. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was surprisingly good. Uh, predictions, hopes, and concerns. Damask, do you have any predictions, hopes, concerns? Going um, forward with the possibility of an Obi-Wan season two or any other Star Wars stuff. <sighs> Many concerns. Um, <laughs> concerns that <sighs> there isn't going to be. There's always going to be this desire to um, fill in the blanks, mm. and I don't think it makes for good storytelling. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the the most fun, the most invested we've been 
are when they're not doing that. Um, yeah. Speaking about Mandalorian specifically, especially that's, season one. Yeah, that's where they can really shine. Mm. Um, that that stuff's really good. So my yeah, my concern is that they continue to um, want to make this kind of fan fiction. I mean, that was always the fan fiction I read. It was like, oh, I I don't get enough of that character, so I want to read more about it. It's, or it's never as good as the actual um, thing that it's based on. Uh, my hope is that they don't do that. <laughs> um, my hope that is moving forward they get creatives in who are given enough power and independence to make some really original stories within the universe. Uh, yeah. Very similar. My concern is that they will never move on to new ideas, characters, or stories, and that the more that we keep circling around the the time frame and the characters involved that we have, mm. the the more the franchise is going to be diluted. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm worried the Mandalorian is going down that road. I have been for a while, mm-hmm. uh, especially since season two. My hope is that Taika Waititi does get to make his Star Wars film. These true, he's when he's saying about the uh, that he will make it about characters that we've not met before. They won't be tied to existing characters. Is true mm-hmm. that it is wildly successful, and Disney go, oh, actually, we can do that, and maybe they can, you know, take the hint for a fucking change. And start telling some original stories. Because I just... I think Star Wars can be great if they just are brave enough to not have to go back over the stuff Mm. that... The fan service stuff over and over and over again. And Um, I think, yeah, they need to recognise that there's an audience for both those things. If they still want to do the fan service stuff that a lot of people really enjoy, they can. Sure. They can also um, give something to the fans who don't want that, who wants something new, something else to look at. I think that's like what's upset me about the Mandalorian thing is that because season one was so successful and did seem to be separating itself mm. and then somehow got sucked into the black hole of the Skywalkers, that's like uh, even if they're successful at doing that once, will they still find a way to make this? Like It's like I'm losing hope that that they can actually genuinely move on and... Mm. And actually have characters that can be distinct in some way. Anyway, thank you very much for listening to me moan mostly about uh, Obi-Wan on this episode of Hunting Seasons. You can find more of what we do via our website, huntingseasonspodcast.com. Our logo comes from Sean Kirkpatrick, aka at Shawnee Boy Draws. Our theme song and bumpers from Lucas Heil of Birthday Loyalty Club. Find links to their work in our show notes. You can also find myself, Broderick Gordis, on Twitter at bgordis. That's B-G-O-R-D-E-S. Damask is not on social medias, but... You can reach me either through the email, the Hunting Seasons email, or the the Twitter, whatever. Just, yeah, I'll get to it. <laughs> Next episode will be an off-topic, hot-topic episode. And then uh, a week or two after that, we'll be back to discuss Stranger Things Season 4. I'm nearly mm-hmm. caught up. I've still got one episode to go in the episodes that were released. Also want to point out, Netflix took up my advice, didn't release them week by week, but didn't release the whole season at once. And would you look at that? Everyone's fucking talking about Stranger Things still because they're anticipating the back half of the season. You can thank me later. I'll take my paycheck whenever you want, Netflix. In the meantime, thank you again for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye for now. Bye. Good night, everybody. And so we